Hi, I'm Michael. I'm a small business owner, a work in process improv artist. I'm training for a triathlon, and we'll find out about that later on. Uh, and I'm your host, the host of Second Scene, a Dweebs Global production. Dweebs Global is a nonprofit organization where they have free mentorship for people from around the world. They have over, they have over 500 mentors uh, everywhere, you name it. Uh, and it's free. So people go to dweebsglobal.org. I am here today with Shangri-La Rendon. Did I say yep. that right? Yep. Yep, you did. <laughs> so Shangri-La started her career as a medical device engineer, uh, but she she is superhuman. She went from not knowing how to swim at the age of 29 <laughs> to completing eight Ironman races in eight consecutive days. Yep. I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> Me um, too. <laughs> still don't think it is. <laughs> She's raced in the Red Bull Trans-Siberian Extreme, which is in Russia, which I, I have to know about. I know nothing about it. <laughs> uh, and she's also the founder and head coach for Feisty Coach, Feisty Fox Coaching. Yeah. So uh, if you didn't know what any of these were, uh, Iron Man or any of this, we will find out. I'm going <laughs> to for a little while into the interview, but I, sure. I see these explained to people. But um, I want to start easy. Where are you from? Well, right now I'm actually in California, Los Angeles, based in Los Angeles, but I grew up in the Philippines. Okay, when did you move to the States? 19, uh, 1999. Okay, what brought you That there? would be, um, basically it was, um, well, my family was petitioned. So we migrated and I was doing fine in the Philippines. However, when I saw the opportunity here in America, like, okay, I guess uh, maybe this is it. So it's more of education and definitely career-wise. There you go. That's why we have the second scene. Yeah, <laughs> career-wise, I said America great technology, communication, like all those things. So I'm like, okay, let me try it out. Yeah. Okay. I have a Filipino family who's been working for me for, working for my family actually for like 30, 40 years. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're wonderful people. And then yeah. I love them. And yeah, yeah. yeah I want to go travel with them back to the Philippines. We should. We should go <laughs> together. <laughs> how, how often do you get to go back there? Well, I was actually there only 2019 and I wanted to go there uh, this year to actually hand the funds for the nonprofit that I actually did last time. Uh, but I was there just 2019. Okay. Uh, yeah. um, so you started your career in the medical device uh, industry as an engineer. Uh, yeah. What brought you to that career? Short answer, my parents are engineers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And honestly, I had no idea what I was gonna do. Yeah. I was one of those that, okay, I guess I have to go to college. And then my parents were engineers. Uh, my, my dad is a mechanical, my mom is a chemical engineer. And I didn't even know that there's a lot of math. I just went in there and then like, oops, this, and you know, I guess it's more of like I was raised as you have to work hard. So it was working hard. I'm like, okay. And then, oh, by the way, it's because of the money also. My mom, my parents, culture-wise, Filipinos, uh, you know, go get a career wherein you can get money, earn money, and be up there, be respected. Yeah. I got you. That's the main reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did. So you knew that that was an option and a, and a path, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it took a while. I mean, once I was there, you know, when I started, when I, once I was there, I, I, I said, like, let me finish it. And I learned how to be good at it. 
let's put it that way. I didn't know that I was good at math, but I learned it the hard way because it wasn't really like, it didn't come easily. But then when I realized, hey, I'm actually good at this one. So I stuck to it. And I, I honestly, I actually enjoyed it. Okay. That's medical, yeah. Medical, the schooling definitely was hard, but the medical device engineering, it's, I'm just amazed by it. I'm amazed by it, by how we were able to turn things from like metals, plastics to something like medical device, like catheters, pacemakers, implantable lenses. I'm just amazed. And I loved it. I always wanted to know, like, how did they do that? And that's, I think that's one of the opportunities that I actually had. I was able to get to know, like, what the process is behind it, the magic of engineering. <laughs> Got you. So why did you, why did you leave the engineering field if you were enjoying it so much? Um, well, I had to make a choice because I only had 24 hours and it was the point where in, I realized like more of the passion like I was good at engineer, I did love it, but at the same time, there was this emerging increase uh, in my passion in sports, in okay. in my passion in actually where I get more connected with people, and that is coaching, and that is where and I made the Guinness World Record uh, in the in the triathlon mm -hmm. area, and then a lot of people actually come to me, how did you do it, and uh, you know I'm like juggling. I was doing so many things and I was just like, okay, I only had 24 hours. I, I, I could actually feel that I was not putting my excellent work out there, meaning that I was just being average in engineering. And I started feeling like, oh, I'm not like I was distracted, you know, like I would be engineer, but at the same time, my mind could be out there. And I felt at the same time, I was not being the same engineer as I was. And I had to make a choice. Okay. Um, have you looked back at all? Has there been a time when you've been like, oh, I uh, wish I... There, no. were, there were many times, actually. There were many times. I mean, right now, I'm a full-time entrepreneur coach. I'm a full-time coach. And there were many times where I, I started the coaching from zero. Like, there was no Feisty Fox coaching. And I had no idea what business was. I didn't really... I came from engineer, didn't know how to do sales and anything of that nature. But so there were many times that... Uh, I quit my job to actually pursue something. Maybe that's the that's the career or the business I wanted. And then I went back because of the stability, you know, getting paycheck bi-weekly. And with my engineering, especially I was at the top already with my master's degree and my experience and I'm good at it. I'm like, I'll just go back there because here's the money. You know, I don't have to worry about anything else. So there were many times I had to do that. And that's why it was hard for me to actually quit the engineering. I understand that I'm, I'm an entrepreneur as well. And the yeah. stress that, I mean, the benefits are wonderful, but the stress that comes along with it. But you, yeah. But it, as soon as I actually quit the job the very first time, that's when I realized or experienced the freedom. And for me to actually, and then for me to uh, practice more of my creativity, you know, actually I can control more of how fast I solve the problem, what focus. So that's what, also hard for me to go back as I was back then when I started as an engineer. Gotcha. Well, it's amazing what you've accomplished and what you've done. <laughs> um, if you're uncomfortable about talking about any of this, let me know. But I know that you've uh, had some pretty hard times when you were uh, younger or yeah, um, yeah. that you really had to overcome. And I think it, it'd probably be important for people to understand is, what you've done. Is. I think it is important. I mean, the main reason why actually I ended up with engineering is because I didn't know who I was. 
I didn't know my interests and I was just following and pleasing my parents. The main reason is because I was abused as a child. So back uh, around five years old until 19 years old. So it's a long time and I wasn't the way I am right now who's outspoken. Back then I didn't tell the abuse until I was 19 years old. And I, was, I had suicidal ideation and that was in my teen years. And then, you know, so I came here in the United States. Parents said, get college, I get college. But I didn't know that I was actually, I needed help. Yeah. Who was it? Was it somebody close to the family or close to um, the I Honestly, it's actually several men. Yeah. I lost count, which is, uh, which is very, very sad. I look at like, for example, a 10 year old, like, oh my, mm-hmm. and I could see like someone, a 10 year old who was abused as a child, like, how could I have protected myself at 10 years old back then? So it was many men. And I, so what, what I did, you know, on my, on my early twenties was like getting college, but we didn't have money because we moved here in America and we were, we, we got nothing. So um, I was also working full time uh, and then going to school at night to finish my electrical engineer. So that's what I was doing. So it's about college and I was fortunate that I was not being violated sexually from 19 years old until 24. Sadly, 24 years old was, um, I was sexually assaulted. So that's by a stranger uh, in Los Angeles and um, I didn't get justice. Didn't couldn't find him or didn't know who he was? Or? No, no, no. There was actually a video surveillance Yes, but it's more of like who sa- she says, he says. I ha- so, you know, I had to go through that. And um, that was when I was diagnosed with PTSD, severe depression. I really just hated everyone. So there's, you know, like I was an engineer in daytime. What people didn't know is I was going through so many things Right. Because how of can, those abuse. How can uh, you trust anyone? How can you trust? Oh, yeah, that, absolutely. Um, I hated everyone. I hated everyone. Uh, when I woke up after that assault, I woke up in my car and I asked myself, like, right away, the first statement that I asked myself, why me again? And I was, it was horrific. And uh, yeah, so I had PTSD. I numbed myself with alcohol. So I'm actually a recovering alcoholic. Uh, I'm sober, thank you. And I also numbed myself with food. I had also long years of eating disorder. And that's why, and then not knowing, and then here I am actually still doing the engineering. People didn't know. All those years, like, but I uh, I used the sports to help me heal. So it's a combination of so many things in my play, recovering from the abuse, healing from PTSD, severe depression, struggling with alcohol addiction, uh, the eating disorder, while this woman who's still, hey, I still need to finish my degree. Hey, I'm a woman and there's a lot of engineers who are male, we, I need to be competitive. So that's why I went to master's in UCLA in engineering. So I'm like, it's just like so many things in my head. Um, but what, what helped me a lot was the sports. It's somewhere we're in, 
I could be grounded and I could just be with myself. Was and, it a, you know, like it's sports when I, when I exercise, when I run and stuff, it's like, it's yeah. like a meditation almost. So I can. Yes. Yes. I would just run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I actually, I started, you know, people with, with my Guinness world record, people would think like, Oh, maybe she's been doing that. But honestly, my running started when I was only running for, I was only running so I won't gain weight. So I was only running 15 minutes on a treadmill just right before work, 15 minutes. And I was like running, running. And right in front of me, I saw this lady running 30 minutes. I'm like, how could she do that? <laughs> so I just started playing, increasing the time, you know. So uh -huh. I had no idea about running. And even the 5Ks, all those races, and my friend told me, like, join, try to do it. I was right. just running for medals, really. So did you, then, pull, did you pull yourself out of out of this depression and off of alcohol? Yeah. Did you do it yourself? Did you get help? Uh, when I was diagnosed with PTSD at 24, when I was sexually assaulted, it was more of a, although it was really horrible, it was traumatic, it was a blessing in disguise. So, you know, now that I passed through it, it's more of a blessing in disguise because without it, I would have not realized that I actually needed help. That was the first time ever that I actually got help from behavioral therapists from doctors, some psychiatrists, where I could actually open up and start learning how to feel, like just really basic feelings and how to express and how to stand up for myself. Um, so yeah, it's through that. And it didn't take, of course, it didn't take one year. Honestly, it take at least 10 years. And even though I was like achieving a lot in sports and, or achieving something in like career-wise, going up to the ladder, I was still at the same time, still seeing my therapist, my registered dietitian. So it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, but I never give up. Is the cloud almost gone? I'd imagine that cloud. Oh, it's, 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 it's beautiful now. I see the sun and rainbow. <laughs> Seriously, I'm surrounded by amazing people now. And actually, it was. It was before I made the Guinness World Record back in 2015, which was just really six years ago. I um, yeah. Before, before I actually aim for some to dream something big, the first thing that actually triggered that was because when I realized that I'm actually blessed. When I re when I truly realized that I'm actually okay no one's hurting me right now because before I was like on a defense mode, like someone's going to hurt me, like my walls up. But then when I realized, Hey, sure. I'm running for marathons, something like that. I'm an engineer. Ah, I'm healthy. My family's great. And that's when, when I realized like, I gotta tell my story so I could inspire people. But, and then I asked myself again, um, who am I? I'm just really an engineer. Like there's nothing really special about me. Seriously. Like, but I need to write a book. But what, why would they pull a book, you know, of all the books, everything, you know? So like, so that's when I started dreaming big. I said, I gotta make this, I keep this dream that I didn't even know what, what that was. But my main reason was because I needed to, I, there's this sole purpose of me wanting to help people who was just struggling, like how I was, the abuse, uh, women or men, those who are struggling with PTSD, those who are still struggling with alcohol addiction. And I wanted to be the living person 
although I don't, I didn't have that big dream or big goal achieved yet, that we can actually turn something, uh, something horrible past or negativity in the past to something really amazing and beautiful. But then I had to make that, make it happen. (laughs) But that was what I was doing. And I was, uh, I didn't plan the Guinness World Record back in 2015. I was just focusing every moment. <laughs> what, what was what was the Guinness Book of World Records? What's the record? Sure. That? It was uh, back in 2015. So I became the fastest female to achieve five Ironman in five consecutive days. So for, for those who didn't know what Ironman is, it's a 2.4 mile swim, followed by 112 mile bike. And then the next thing is a full marathon. What's a full marathon? How far? 26.2 miles. Okay. And then sleep and then get up again next day, do it all over again and do it five times. So I did it five times. So how long, how long does the full iron, one full Ironman sure. take? Sure. Uh, well, it depends on how fast I was <laughs> considering, but, uh, you know, 17 hours is usually the cutoff time for a lot of, you know, generally of the races. And, uh, at when I did that in 2015, it was in Mexico. It's actually an official race. So when I was there, I was just so amazed that I was racing against or with, with legends who I used to follow when I didn't know how to swim or didn't own a bike. And, you know, so I was just so happy. And also at the same time in Mexico during that race, there was Hurricane Katrina. Like it was raining and the wind was blowing. And to me, I, they saw me smiling too, because I was just so happy to be out there. <laughs> and then, yeah, so um, I finished the race. I finished the race. Um, and I went back to work because I didn't have vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so after after uh, five days of that, I went back to LAX airport, back to work as an engineer, sitting on my desk <laughs> for a week. And then on Friday, I'm like, Okay, I just finished a big race. What am I going to do? So I start researching. And then that's when I found out, I'm like, did I just break the world record? <laughs> like, I was looking at the numbers. Like, I know my time was faster than the, pre- did I? So I contacted my coach and I'm like, yeah, you did. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so that was, I thought that was so super cool, really, because I didn't even plan for it. And that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. And to me, as an underdog who didn't know how to swim, who started running for 15 minutes only on a treadmill, didn't know anything about triathlon, didn't own a bike. And then to actually make a Guinness World Record, I'm like, oh, if, if I did that on this, maybe I could just repeat it. And then I could continue living my dream of actually inspiring people that we can actually be anyone <laughs> that we can think of. But yeah, so that was that was the start of me just, hey, we can achieve anything. So are you superhuman or can others oh, no. do this oh, as well? No. I'm, not, I, I, I'm not a superhuman. I'm just like anyone, I think. But to me, I, to me, I, well, I, I'm just hungry of learning from other people like i don't i don't know everything like so what i do is like okay i want to go achieve this one but how can i do it i think that's where my engineering mind comes you know i use it because okay i want to achieve this what's the process what's the risk how you know like kind of like problem solving and then what are the things and and then but the thing about it is that throughout 
my experience because of my past, you know, which also with stack, because if I'm only an engineer, it's not gonna happen. But if, but because I wanted to be happy, which is my main purpose, like I really wanna be happy because if I'm not happy, I'm gonna go back to how I was back then when I was abused. So everything would go back that PTSD. So I need to be happy. I need to be doing something that I love. And those are uh, the important things. But then I also know because of my experience as a, as a professional ultra endurance athlete is that I need to do something for other people to be of service. I, with all my achievements that I've done already, honestly, I don't think I, I need to prove anything else in sports. I'm just really just out there just because I love it. And also because I wanted to do it for others to inspire. And uh, of all the races that I've been doing, I'm actually raising funds. So, yeah. So, for example, uh, so I did the, the Guinness World Record. And I actually just did a recent second world record, which was actually just last year. Yeah. <laughs> and I just finished it. So it's from October 30th. And there's like NBC, KCAL 9. There's several news uh, so it's from October 30th to December 2nd. So it's 34 days. And I completed a total of 23. So I'm training the, the triathlon I'm doing. It's like a mini one. So it's like 0.6 miles swim. Awesome. Um, I think it's 10 miles bike. And then it's only three or four miles run. Wow. You know, that's where I started, actually. So I'm giving you a warning. Okay. Any you advice? never know. <laughs> uh, have, have fun. Have fun, really. You know, make the most out of it. Yeah, uh, when, when I actually did it, uh, it was all women because I, I was afraid of the open water swim and I didn't know how to swim. Like I had no idea how to swim at all. And uh, so, and I didn't have a bike. So to, you know, I'm sure you'll just enjoy it. But because for me, I, uh, yeah, I, I had all those roadblocks. It's gonna be really painful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's worth all the food afterwards, though. <laughs> so the important things, how do I go to the bathroom while I'm doing it? What do I do? Is there oh, a... <laughs> you're going to be finished. You're going to be finished right away. Just, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to, do I need one of those suits? They make like a triathlon suit, so you don't have to change in between. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you do or you don't. Um, if it's, you just want to have fun, other people just, you know, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, or just change. Uh, some people just do cycling and uh, cycling and at the top. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Half the fun is buying the equipment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's they're, they're your toys, new toys. <laughs> I think yeah. I think everyone should should try it. I mean, right now. With yeah, COVID, even just once. Yeah. yeah. There's so much opportunity to get in shape and and. Yeah. Totally. Know, once you start asking around, everyone has friends who yeah exactly doing things like that so it's um... yep yeah especially yeah you mentioned about covid especially during covid times i think exercise makes you i mean it rejuvenate me you know I, when 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 i'm working my break time will be just walking outside or just jogging outside even for 10 or 15 minutes it it it's great yeah is there what what advice can you give people who are just starting out yeah so when, when you're just starting out don't don't aim for too high too soon, you know, especially if you're not doing anything and you're just sitting on your desk. My suggestion is just start with something easy 
that's more manageable and that, that you can repeat tomorrow and the next day. Because the main thing is actually creating the habit and being, being mindful of how much time do you really have, you know? So if you have only like 20 minutes, okay, you have only 20 minutes, you can start with just fast walk, walk, just starting and moving. That's already big. And then ask yourself, can I do this again tomorrow? If you say yes, you can just like, you know, 20 minutes and that's it for now. And then pat on your back and keep smiling when you're doing it. To me, uh, what I do is I multitask. Sometimes you could, if you love music, you know, have some jam when you're actually doing it. Or like for me, I'm a busy entrepreneur. I love to listen to podcasts. I love to listen to a book, like audible book, audiobooks. And I actually finish my books much way faster than reading. So I will finish one book every week. Just imagine <laughs> how much productive are the things that I learn. So, or, or just use it as a meditation just for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, yeah, I do a combination of all those. And then I have an iPad mounted so I can watch my shows sometimes too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. What was it like? What was the Red Bull Trans-Siberian? Sure. Yeah, what was that? Yeah, so that one is actually, I was one of the first two females to compete as solo competitor. Uh, it's crazy. It was back in 2017. So it was from Russia to China. So, um, and uh, I think there were only 10, 10, uh, 10 athletes and these are athletes from around the world. They're athletes who are actually finished racing across America already or uh, somewhere outside the United States. And so what I did was uh, I started with in Russia and each day is about four, 300 to 500 miles if I get it of riding. And if actually, if I only have two only, if I only have 200 or when it touched hundred something, hundred higher hundred, I was so happy because that was actually short for that. Cause it's basically back to back. It was an amazing experience. It was my first time in Russia. I did not speak the language, but we have inter- interpreter. So that was helpful. Uh, I was able to go until stage, uh, I think, for 10 days, if I remember it correctly, but up to stage seven, it was, I loved it because it actually forces me to be braver than I, I already was. Cause uh, honestly, I was, I was scared in a way because it's a new environment, new country, new culture. And then the next thing is that I was scared mainly because of my, the safety, because I would be riding with very minimal sleep or in the dark, or sometimes there's just bumpy road in the dark and the thing is that the the, the cyclists the the professional cycling cycling man they're like really animals so I look up to them and you know I had to push myself um yeah I am very fortunate that I actually had the chance oh wow do you really when you're biking do you get to enjoy your surroundings and all the new for that one <laughs> for that one not really <laughs> It was just, it's more enjoying the people that I was surrounded with. It was just so hard because, you know, it's, there's a cut of time. And then plus I was battling, you know, like nutrition was, I need to make sure I, I am actually on pace, my nutrition, my intensity, my heart rate. So it, it's, it's hard, 
So I had to, and also there's so many trucks there, especially the drivers there. Oh, the drivers there are not so great. So like just being safe, that was my main focus. It was hard to just enjoy it. It's a lot of pressure. It's a race, <laughs> unfortunately. So um, I did have a great time there when I uh, cruised across America. That was also last year. That one, I did enjoy it. So we're in, it was an 18 day cycling from California to Georgia. It was one of my training. Uh, that was July of last year only. So that one, yes, I enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't a race. It was more of a... Oh, no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. But it was part of a training for the uh, 23 Ironman in 34 days. That uh, The second world record that I did last year. So it was a part of the training. It was, it was fun. It was fun, actually. So does your coaching is, what does it involve? Do you help people sure. have other mental or? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to mention to you, uh, this book here, million dollar story. Mm -hmm. So this is where I, this is actually my first book best selling in Amazon. That was last year. <laughs> so I'm actually an author, <laughs> but, uh, on that book, I discussed those five things that I help, uh, in my coaching. One is definitely to be successful. It's not just training. Training is just one thing. But as you know, training is swim, bike, and run. <laughs> it's already a lot for other people. But if you really want to do well, enjoy, and not on survival mode, but instead on thriving mode, then we want to make sure that you know your nutrition. So you won't be cramping. Okay. So you won't be like uh, bonking. Okay. Those, what is that? Right. Bonking. Bonking is like hitting the hard wall, you know? hitting the wall and then you don't have energy anymore or you don't want to faint either some or dehydration. So definitely nutrition. Now the next one is, uh, I call it body maintenance. Not a lot of coaches do this one. Uh, body maintenance is more of how, what do you do? So you make sure you don't get injured. And it's very important, especially for the overachiever or the athletes who are so dedicated in training and, but they don't know how to take care of themselves after. Because to me, I train hard, but I also take care of myself hard, harder, actually. And that includes the sleep, the recovery. What if I hurt on my shoulder during the swim? What am I going to do? Others would just be resting. Yes, rest is good. But then there's more like, for example, trigger points. What kind of massage you're going to do? What kind of strengthening exercise you're going to do? How can you improve the mobility? So that's the third thing that I help. Um, the next thing is uh, mindset. It's big. I, I think I, I the, the benefit of me coaching that is because I, I feel because of my past, I've grown too fast <laughs> because I've, I've, you know, with all the struggle that I've had. And I think it's also a benefit because I've gone with a lot of behavioral therapists where, and they work on my mind <laughs> and they share, you know, like more stuff that I have never experienced. So I learned a lot. And, uh, and to me, and, uh, and then the next thing is the fifth uh, race strategy, race strategy. Okay. So those five things are important. And because whether you train or not, but if you don't know what your targets are, your heart rate, your power, you could be like going fast too soon, or you don't know how much nutrition you're actually have to take every hour. Right. Then that could go down. That sounds and, like one of the hardest things to understand and to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But definitely the race strategy, it depends on what you train for. You don't want to go outside of what you've trained for. Right.
thank you so much. So thank you. I want everyone to know it's Feisty Fox Coaching. Oh, Feisty Fox Coaching. Yes. What's the web address for that? Uh, basically, www.feisty and then Fox Coaching. I have to spell the uh, Feisty. So, <laughs> or just look for my name, uh, ShangriLaRendon.com. Uh, okay. So that's another uh, website. And uh, if there's anyone like anyone who needs help in terms of triathlon endurance, or if anyone was struggling with, you know, what I struggled in the past, that's what I do. What I do is to really help people and uh, just message me. And, you know, uh, I, I do read them <laughs> and respond to them. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. You are. Thank incredible. you, Michael. We really appreciate you being on here and I'm sure you're going to inspire tons of people. So thank you. Thank you. And to everyone else out there, feistyfoxcoaching.com and also check out dweebsglobal.org where we do free mentorship for pretty much anything you need, mental health, resume writing, you name it. We have someone to help and it's free, completely free.